All right, Don, I'm ready. You want me to take the opening, huh? Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to 2018. We have for you tonight two Jack Benny shows, one from 1953, one from 1943, and the sandwich in the middle. As usual, we have the Phil Harris Show. The Phil Harris Show is from the same night in 1953, January 11th to be exact, and I hope you're going to enjoy all three shows. It's always fun bringing you our Triple Stack Thursday. First one today features Bob Hope as Jack's guest in the 1953 presentation. It's the road to Bali, and Bob Hope is doing a plug, basically, for Road to Bali. Uh, road to Bali came out in uh, the end of 1952, I believe. It was the first color of the road pictures. I will include a uh, link to it so that you can watch it uh, on our website if you want. Uh, Road to Valley is one of those that's uh, public domain apparently so it's over on YouTube in a number of different uh, versions. I picked the one that looks the cleanest and is not uh, doesn't have subtitles and that sort of thing. It's just a, a nice clean version of the show if you'd like to watch it. It's always fun to hear Jack and Bob Hope together. Their styles are so different. The rat-a-tat-tat of Bob Hope's machine gun approach to comedy against Jack's more lackadaisical, uh, slow and methodical approach is always an interesting juxtaposition. They'll talk about that some more in the 1950, 1943 episode that we played last tonight. Uh, so it's kind of fun that they have Bob in 1953 and are talking about him in 1943. Uh, in between the two shows, of course, I said you'd have the Phil Harris show. He's going to be working on the kitchen sink. I assume there's going to be no problems there. He seems like a fairly handy guy, uh, the Phil Harris, of course. <laughs> and in 1943, he's not on the show because he's still off in the Merchant Marines. We have Benny Goodman subbing in for him this week. And there's a guest on that show as well. On that show, we have guest Phil Baker. And Phil Baker was the host of the $64 question and before it was called that it was called take it or leave it and this is Jack's version of the $64 question with original host Phil Baker which is kinda cool so I hope you're going to enjoy all three episodes I um, hope you're having a great beginning of 2018 I hope you enjoy all the other shows we bring you daily on the Jack Benny podcast and over on the Judy Garland podcast as well uh, without further ado, let's get right into the shows. Enjoy. The Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, richer tasting. Fine tobacco. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike. Friends, this is Don Wilson. You know, choosing your cigarette is really simple. Just go by the taste. That's right. For nothing, no nothing beats better taste. 
And the cigarette that tastes better, cleaner, fresher, and smoother is Lucky Strike. First of all, Lucky's give you the better taste of really fine, mild tobacco. Remember, L-S-M-F-T, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco with a wonderful flavor of its own. What's more, Lucky's give you the better taste of a better-made cigarette, made round and firm and fully packed, to draw freely and smoke evenly, to taste cleaner, fresher, smoother. So, friends, for your own smoking enjoyment, remember, better taste is what you're really after, and better taste is what you get in every pack of Lucky's. Be happy. Go Lucky. Make your next pack Lucky Strike. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, in just nine more days, a new tenant will move into the White House. And tonight, since we can't bring you the distinguished and lovable tenant, we bring you the mean old landlord, and here he is, Jack Benny! Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard saying that I own the White House. But, Jack, what I said isn't so ridiculous. Technically, as a citizen and taxpayer, you do own the White House. Look, Don... You own all the buildings in Washington. The Capitol, the Library of Congress... Don... The United States Post Office... Don... The United States Supreme Court... Don... The United States Mint... Don, stop me. What'd you say? What'd you say? <laughs> the Mint? What'd you say, Don? <laughs> I thought that'd get you, but, Jack, it's true. You own it, I own it, all the taxpayers own it. It's like being a stockholder in a corporation, like, uh, oh, like the American Tobacco Company. Well, Don, that's a very good comparison because everybody knows that the United States Mint is round and firm and fully packed. <laughs> and if it isn't, it will be on March 15th. That I know. March 15th? What happens on that day? Well, Don, you wouldn't know about this, but people who earn over $500 a year have to pay taxes. <laughs> Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Don. Hiya, Mary. Mary, I said hello, too. I know, I know. Well, what's eating you? Plenty. All I asked you is let me keep a couple of packages of meat in your deep freeze. And this morning, Rochester sent them back to me. He said there was no room. Well, Mary, if there's no room, there's no room. Well, now, now wait a minute, Jack. I happen to know that your freezer is unusually large. And just a week ago, I looked in and it was empty. Well, it's full now. No kidding. What's he got in it? His Christmas tree. <laughs> All right, what's wrong with preserving a Christmas tree? Jack's right, Mary. It isn't any of our business what he keeps in his deep freeze as long as he has plenty of meat, like those steaks he served us last night. Some steak. What do you mean, some steak? If you didn't like it, why did you eat so much? I was trying to guess whether it was Dancer, Prancer, Donner, or Blitzen. <laughs> they were not reindeer. Those were very fine steaks. Didn't you see the government stamp on them? Grade A? Mine said Merry Christmas. <laughs> I wrote that on there myself. Now, look, Mary, we have a show to do tonight and a very important sketch. So let's... <laughs> what in the world was... Bob! 
Bob, what happened? Well, Sammy, the drummer, he fell off the bandstand. <laughs> what? Well, Jack, it isn't what you think. No? See, the boys in the band are just such practical jokers. Practical jokers? Why, what do they do? Well, they took the electric wire that goes to Remley's guitar and taped it to Sammy's chair. <laughs> well, of all things, wiring up his chair with electricity. I can't understand Sammy falling for it. Didn't he suspect anything when he sat on those wires? Well, he didn't even get suspicious when they slid his pants legs. <laughs> slit Sammy's pants leg? Yeah, they didn't have to shave his head. <laughs> that I know. But, Bob, I think the boys are going too far. Sammy could have gotten electrocuted. Oh, well, that's what the boys figured. So last night they took him to a cafeteria and told him to order anything he wanted. <laughs> Bob, you mean you went with him? Oh, no, Jack, no. Don't you remember I was at your house? Oh, yes, yes. Hey, by the way, what kind of steaks were those you served last night? Huh? Well, I went to bed, and every time I turned over, I heard sleigh bells. <laughs> now cut that out. I invite the whole gang over for a steak dinner. Instead of being grateful, you all make cracks about it being reindeer. The only one that hasn't is Dennis. I can't talk. I've got an antler stuck in my throat. <laughs> an antler? Your hat is still hanging on it. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. I don't know why it is. I try to do a program and every... Oh, Jack, Jack, take it easy. I can't help it. Dennis, why do you go around irritating people? I'm experimenting. What kind of experiment is that? Irritating people When you do it to oysters, they give pearls <laughs> Mary, you talk to him, will you? Dennis, you better sing your song Okay
was Dennis Day singing Heart and Soul. And very good, Dennis. It was excellent. And now, ladies and gentlemen... Who can that be? Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny. This is Rochester. Rochester, I'm in the middle of a program. I know, but I want to tell you something. Tell me something. I just left the house a little while ago. Why do you always call me at the studio? I don't get applause at home. <laughs> Never mind that. What's so important? A man was here from a fan magazine. He said they wanted to print the story of your life. Pictures and everything. Oh, pictures too, huh? Yeah, so I gave him some that were taken when you were in the Navy, and some when you were in Vaudeville, and some that were taken when you were entertaining overseas. Oh, good, good. Uh, then he asked for one of your baby pictures, but I couldn't find any. Well, what did you do? I slipped him one of mine. <laughs> What? Uh, then he asked me a lot of personal questions, and I told him you were the nicest, kindest, and most considerate man I ever worked for. Well, thank you. Then he brought up the subject of your generosity. Uh-huh. So I told him for Christmas you gave me a bonus of $5,000. You told him I gave you $5,000? What made you think he'd believe that? Boss, when he didn't question the baby picture, I knew he was vulnerable. <laughs> Now, Rochester, I have to get back to the program, so I'll see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, say, boss. What now? Uh, a few minutes after you left the house, an electric flute fuse blew out and your freezer went off. <laughs> an electric what blew out? And... Fuse. A fuse, huh? Uh, and my, uh... <laughs> your freezer went out. My freezer went off, uh, I see. Good. Well, what happened to all the things I have in it? Well, your Christmas tree is all right, but two snakes thawed out and ran up the chimney. <laughs> ran up the... Now, that's ridiculous. Rochester, why did you make up a thing like that? Boss, when you start with applause, you gotta end with a laugh. <laughs> I hope I am as fortunate. Goodbye, Rochester. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rochester may not be a good butler, but he certainly... He certainly... Hmm. What's the matter, Jack? I wrote an ad lib in here, and I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Well, Jack, uh, what about the important sketch you said we were going to do tonight? Oh, yes. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction tonight, we will present our version of that wonderful Paramount picture, The Road to Ballet, which stars Bob Hope, Bing Crosby, and Dorothy L'Amour. You know, I saw it last night, Jack, and it really is a funny picture. I know. Now, since I'm a comedian, I'll play Hope's part. And since Bob Crosby is Bing's brother, he'll play his part. And Dennis... Okay, but I look lousy in a sarong. <laughs> look, you're not playing Dorothy L'Amour's part. You're going to be a native we met in the jungle, a headhunter. A headhunter? Yes, and before we start, go hunt for your own. About <laughs> time I had a joke in here anyway. <laughs> now, as a matter of fact, we were going to have Dorothy L'Amour on the show, but at the last minute, something happened. She wanted money. Oh, quiet. <laughs> now, Mary, you're going to be Dorothy L'Amour. Okay, but with Bing and Bob in the picture, who's going to get me? 
The May Company if you keep making those cracks. <laughs> now we, that we've done all the casting, let's get on with our sketch. The Road to Ballet. Wait a minute, Jack. What about me? Oh, yes, Don. You've got a very important part. I have? Yes. Paint a white line down your back. You're going to be the road. <laughs> and lie straight out. I don't want any detours. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction of the evening, The Road to Ballet. Bob Hope. <laughs> My vaudeville partner, Bing Crosby, and I were stranded in Australia. We were broke and hungry and had no friends in Australia, so finally, in desperation, we became pickpockets. The first pocket I picked, nothing. The second pocket, nothing. The third pocket bit me. I had picked the pouch of a kangaroo. <laughs> After days of continued bad luck, we were walking down the street when I turned to my partner and said, Gosh, four days and nothing to eat. I'm starved. Say, Bing. When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day. I knew there was something Bing could do that he couldn't. <laughs> Bing, I can't understand why I'm a failure. I'm a talented dancer. I'm a wonderful singer. I'm a great actor. I'm a big star. What a surprise. Some surprise. <laughs> we had three rehearsals. I turned down the first two scripts, finally had to call in my own writers, and he surprised. <laughs> Look, Bob. You can go home if you want. <laughs> I've got a monologue here that will run through Amos and Andy, Edgar Bergen, and right up to the weather report. <laughs> Weather report, dull today, funny tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you something. Rochester may not be a good butler, but he certainly... Oh, my goodness, I wrote it on the wrong page. <laughs> now, Bob, I'd like you to say hello to the other... Uh-uh, uh-uh, just a second, Jack. Huh? A full minute has passed, and you haven't said it. Oh, yes. The road to Bally. That's better. <laughs> to say road to Bally. It's either that or money. Hiya, Mary. <laughs> Hello, Bob. Say, Bob, you know Bing's brother, of course. Oh, sure. Hello, Bob. Hello, Bob. How do you feel, Bob? Fine. How do you feel, Bob? Fine. How's your wife, Bob? Fine. How's your wife, Bob? Fine. How are your kids, Bob? Fine. How are your kids, Bob? Four writers got paid $6,000 for this sparkling dialogue. <laughs> Say, Bob, I meant to ask you, does Crosby here resemble his brother Bing much? I don't know. Let me see. Smile, Junior. Okay. Well, they look alike, but Bing is a little fatter around the wallet. <laughs> He's also a little fatter around the place where he carries his wallet. 
Which reminds me, I'd like to ask you something, Junior. What is it, Bob? I haven't seen Bing since Christmas. What did he give Santa Claus this year? What? <laughs> well, Bob, you know Bing. He doesn't splurge too much around Christmas time. He gives his biggest gifts on March 15th. Amen, Amen brother. <laughs> Say, Bob, how come you haven't seen Bing for such a long time? You're both a Paramount, aren't you? Yes, but they changed our dressing rooms and we're not next to each other anymore. I meant to tell you, Jack, they gave me your old dressing room. No. Really? Imagine that. My old dressing room. Guys, I can still see, still picture it. Start right <laughs> through guys. anywhere through there. It's all fun. <laughs> That's what they did, Jack. Jack. What? Uh, no, that, old I was, dressing room. I was I okaying still... your line. Yeah. I see. <laughs> well, I, you know, I can still see my old dressing room. There's a big landscape painting on one wall, a window on another wall, and what's on the third wall? Six wash basins. <laughs> now, Bob, let's get going. I won't talk until you look at your watch. Oh, yes, Road to Bally, Road to Bally. Gosh, two minutes go fast here. Thanks, Jack. Now, there's something I want to do for you. What's that? Well, I wrote special lyrics to my theme song, Thanks for the Memory, and I'm going to sing it to you with a sportsman's quartet. Oh, that's swell, Bob. Come on, let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> the lucky strikes the pack you gave to me of lsmft is more than i expected thought i'd have to work for free oh thank you so much thanks for the lucky strike a sentiment we share you hear it everywhere a lucky strike is better made just tear and then compare oh thank you so much Listen, Bob, on your new program. Can you use a hungry quartet? Of course, and I'll pay you in jello. Yes, all you can eat. Oh, boy, what a treat. Well, thanks for the opera, Bob. We'd really like to go and be part of your show. But we are stuck with Benny and for very little dough. But thank you so much. Like the taste of a lucky There's nothing as good No, there's nothing For real smoking pleasure Start puffing A lucky strike The smoke you like So thanks For a lucky strike The smoke we all enjoy No loose ends to annoy From Florida to Washington From Maine to Illinois So thank you So very that, that was wonderful, Bob Not only did you sing the Lucky Strike commercial well But you've got the only nose that can tear and compare <laughs> By the way, you haven't met Dennis Day yet huh? Hello, Mr. Hope Oh, hello, Dennis You know, I saw your very first road picture The Road to Singapore Really? Yeah, and then I saw The Road to Morocco The Road to Zanzibar The Road to Rio The Road to Utopia And last night I saw The Road to Bali No kidding? Yeah, and now that I finally met you in person I'd like to tell you something What? You're nothing without Bing Crosby <laughs> You E-flat idiot 
I may cut the strings off you and let you just dangle. <laughs> Is this fugitive from Glockamora sticking his tongue out at me? No, that's an antler. <laughs> now, let's get on with the sketch. What sketch? The Road to Bali. Good. I got a free one that time. <laughs> I know, but I'm putting my watch ahead Well, let's get on with the sketch Okay Hey, Jack, who's that lying down on the floor? That's Don Wilson He's the role <laughs> He's certainly got the valley for it <laughs> Oh, yes, say, Jack What? I couldn't think of anything to say then So I thought it was better to shut up <laughs> What? I was trying to think of a freeway line, but I couldn't finish it either. <laughs> what? Well, Jack. Yes. I think it's only fair. I think it's only fair for me to play the part I created in the picture. Well, naturally. So I'll play Bing's part. No, Jack. Since Bob here is Bing's brother, he should play that role. Well, what what can I do in the sketch? Well, you play the part of the giant octopus. Now wait a minute. I'm not playing any octopus. But it's a very important part. I don't care how important it is. Imagine a man of my position in show business playing an octopus. But, Jack, it motivates the whole picture. You see, the octopus guards a sunken treasure worth millions of dollars. Well, get me six more arms and let's go. <laughs> I'll set the scene. Ladies and gentlemen, Paramount Pictures presents The Road to Bally with Bing Crosby, Bob Hope, Dorothy L'Amour, and starring... The Octopus. <laughs> Curtain music. My name is Bob Hope. Crosby and I left Australia bound for the South Sea Islands to look for sunken treasure. We landed on the island of Vatu and became hopelessly lost in the jungle. For days, we wandered through a tangle of vines, and then we came to a rubber plantation, went through it for quite a stretch. <laughs> Stretch? <clears throat> if I'd known I was going to get dialogue like this, I'd have worn top hat and white tie. No pants. You got to get laughs, you know. <laughs> As we reached a clearing on the other side, we were surrounded by a fierce tribe of cannibals and their beautiful white princess. <laughs> My agent. <laughs> the princess came up to me and said, uh, me, Native Princess, who you? Oh, how do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob What's Cooking Hope Telling all you cannibals that while I'd like to bring you joy Don't look at me when you want to put something in the pot, boy <laughs> uh, No worry, my tribe not eat you, you very handsome man Oh, wait a minute, you don't look like the real princess Real princess not here, she want money All I want is you, baby, kiss me, toots Hey, wait a minute, Dennis, you read my line Oh, no, I didn't Yes, you did, look at the script, it says, Bob, that's me it says, boob, that's me. <laughs> Some sketch this is. It's crazy enough to have Jerry Colonna in it. Ah, greetings, Gates. How do you have a Oh, wait a minute. You're not even in this sketch. How can you make love to the princess? I don't ask questions. I just have fun. <laughs> hey, Bob, what about me? Beat it, Octopus. You come in later. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm getting out of here. Come on, Bing. When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day. Watch those low notes, Bing. 
resumed our long trek through the jungle. Then our bad luck began. We had no food or supplies. At night, we had to light fires to keep the animals away. Then our water supply ran out. We had nothing to drink. We went three weeks without a bath. Then the animals started lighting fires to keep us away. <laughs> down into the lagoon when the sunken treasure lay seven fathoms deep. We got into a boat and rowed to the exact spot. Well, this looks like the place. Don't you think so, Bing? When the blue of the night <laughs> meets the gold of the day. <laughs> now, look, I'll put this diving helmet on you. There. Now go over the side and look for the treasure. Attaboy, Bing. Go down and get it. Here comes the giant octopus. That's me, folks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The giant octopus ate up my pal Bing. Octopus, octopus, say something. When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, the flood of increased enrollments in our schools will create a critical situation within the next few years unless action is taken now. By taking an interest in our schools, all of us can help make sure that the community we live in gets the best education for the money it spends and provides the best possible educational opportunities for our children. So please join and work with local civic groups and school boards. Remember, better schools build a stronger America. Thank you. Jack will be back in just a moment. But first, a word to cigarette smokers. Nothing, no nothing beats better taste. And remember... Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky's strike means fine tobacco, richer tasting. Fine tobacco. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky strike, lucky strike. Friends, taste makes the big difference in cigarettes for nothing. No, nothing beats better taste. And Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. But don't take my word alone for it. Just listen to this and judge for yourself. A nationwide survey based on actual student interviews in 80 leading colleges reveals that more smokers in these colleges prefer Lucky's than any other cigarette. By a wide margin, too. And the number one reason the students gave for smoking Lucky's was better taste. Yes, and I know you, too, will find that Lucky's taste better, cleaner and fresher and smoother. So enjoy the full, rich taste of fine, mild tobacco in a better-made cigarette. Yes, be happy. Go Lucky. Get better taste today. Be happy. Go Lucky. Get better taste today. Bob, I want to thank you for appearing on our show tonight and letting us do a parody on your picture, The Road to Valley. I'm glad to do it, Jack. Good night, Bob. Good night, Jack. Good night, Jack. Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to hear The American Way, starring Horace Height, for Lucky Strike every Thursday night over the same station. I'm sure you'll enjoy this great new program. Consult your newspaper for the time.
Benny program is written by Sam Perrin, Milt Josephsberg, George Balzer, John Tackerberry, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. Stay tuned now for the Amos and Andy Show, which follows immediately over most of these same stations. This is the CBS Radio Network. RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television, presents Transcribe, the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. For your enjoyment, here is the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevalier, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Scharf and his music, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. A lot of women have husbands who can't do a thing around the house. But Alice is fortunate. She has a husband who can do things. How he does them is something else again. More about that later. First, a word from RCA Victor. You can play all your records easier and better on RCA Victor's new Victrola three-speed automatic record changer. It plays any record, any speed, automatically. The center is the secret. When you want to play your favorite 78 or 33 and a third records, just stack your records on the spindle the way you would on an ordinary phonograph. When you want to play your modern 45 RPM records, you simply slide on the handy 45 spindle. Even a child can load it easily. And the large center spindle gives you the full advantages of RCA Victor's modern 45 system. Since the changer mechanism is inside the spindle, your records change from the center, the modern way, and change in a flash, too. Just four seconds from music to music. RCA Victor's new Victrola three-speed automatic record changer is available in a compact attachment, a complete phonograph, portable Victrola player, and a radio phonograph combination. See, try, buy one of these top-quality Victrola instruments with a three-speed record changer at your dealer tomorrow. It's the world's easiest playing automatic three-speed changer. the stars of the RCA Victor program, Alice Faye and Bill Harris. <laughs> Alice and Phil have invited Elliot over for an early Sunday dinner. And now as we look in, the three of them have just finished eating. Ah, that was a wonderful meal. <clears throat> Ain't Alice a great cook, Elliot? If you say so. Curly, I don't want to appear nosy, but what was that stuff we just ate? Well, it was a typical southern meal that Alice prepares for me every Sunday. We had boiled ham hock with hot sauerkraut, <laughs> marinated hominy grits, hash brown hush puppies with whipped cream, <laughs> and sweet and sour antelope meatballs. <laughs> Curly, please, I just ate. Bad enough we have to eat this stuff without talking about it. Uh, um, would you care for some more, Elliot? I think I had enough. Now shall we retire to the drawing room for coffee and stomach pumps? <laughs> Alice, I don't want you to think it's any reflection on your cooking if I turn green. Oh, I understand. 
I get a little chartreuse myself from this stuff. All right, don't be snide. There's one thing I can't stand. It's a couple of wise, pale-faced Yankees. <laughs> Alice, I enjoyed the food very much, and I'd like to show my appreciation. Well, if you really want to show your appreciation, you can do the dishes for me. I'd be glad to, won't we, Elliot? No. <laughs> I'd like to do the dishes, Alice, but you see, I can't put my hands in water because they get very soft. And when I try to play the guitar, I get a very soggy effect. <laughs> so that's why it always sounds like you're playing with a wet cigar butt. <laughs> now grab some dishes and carry them into the kitchen. We'll take care of them, Alice. You just relax, honey. Come on, Elliot. Yeah. Fine thing. You invite me to dinner and I have to wash the dishes. When I sleep here, I gotta make my own bed. Lucky for you, I'm a moocher. I'd stop coming here. <laughs> Anytime you want to stop eating here, you're free to do so. You're not a very good tipper anyway. <laughs> the dime you leave under the plate don't help. Then why do you and Alice take it? <laughs> well, I take it because I don't want to embarrass you. And Alice takes it because she figures a dime here, a dime there. <laughs> All right, put the dishes on the drain board. Righto. I'll turn the garbage disposal on. Mm -hmm. Now I'll get a couple of dish towels. In the meantime, you scrape everything off of the plates, Elliot, into the sink, and it'll go right down the disposal. Okay. Said to scrape everything off the plates? Oh, well, he ought to know what he's doing. Well, I guess the silverware is done. <laughs> Wonder where you take it out. Elliot! Hey, Elliot, what was all that racket? What happened? Nothing. I just scraped everything off the plates into the disposal, and the silverware made a little noise. Oh, no. You're not supposed to put silverware in there. Now you've ruined the machine. Of all the stupid things to now do... Don't get excited. It's my responsibility. I broke it. I'll fix it. Tilt! <laughs> Don't you touch it Oh, Curly, it's a cinch All you have to do is take the trap off underneath the sink I know, I know, and I'll do it right. <clears throat> No, it ain't gonna work It's too tight to turn by hand Got a wrench? No, no, look Just hand me that hammer and screwdriver on the shelf there All right. Here you are, Curly Thanks Now I'll just tap that collar loose And I know that What's all that a, racket in here? I know that. Phil, what are you doing? I'm just hammering this pipe loose. Oh, 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 Phil, look what you did. You put a hole in the water pipe. Nice carom shot, Curly. I love the way you banked the screwdriver off the drain pipe and sunk it into the water pipe. <laughs> oh, no, just don't sit there. Do something. The water is pouring out of that pipe. Stop now, it. Now, don't get excited. Don't get excited. We must remain calm and approach this scientifically. There's a hole in the pipe, and we can't stop the water from coming out. The solution is to get something to absorb the water as... I got it. Elliot, put your mouth over the hole and start drinking. You expect me to drink water? Close your eyes and pretend it's beer. You have a lovely time. Phil, will you stop joking? 
The kitchen's getting flooded. See if you can find the main water turnoff. All right, come on, Elliot. Let's go look for that turnoff. And hurry, it's coming out faster. Well, plug up the hole till we find the turnoff. How? Well, uh, uh, put your finger in it. Put that. Good, that stopped it. Hey, Curly, where is the water turnoff? Well, it's right out in the back. No, it's in the front. Maybe it's under the. Darned if I know. <laughs> oh, must be someplace. You got the plans of the house? Oh, yeah, hey, that's a good idea. I got them in the living room. Come on. Yeah, all right. Look, see, when I had the house built, I had the architect mark everything down so I'd know where things are. I got the plans in the desk drawer right here. Oh, good. Yeah, here they are. Aren't they pretty blueprints? Yeah. You know how to read them? No. <laughs> Do you? No. But that shouldn't stop us. Hey, here's something, Curly. See all those little arrows that lead up the street, turn into your walk, and go right up to the front door? Yeah, that must be... Oh, no. Those were put there for me when I come home Saturday nights. <laughs> They're phosphorescent. <clears throat> hey, Curly, how about this thing over here, this little square thing? Oh, that? Oh, that's the cornerstone of the house. What does the round circle in it represent? That's one of my RCA Victor records. I had it buried in the cornerstone for posterity. Which record is it? I'm not sure. Wait till I dig it up and play it for you. Oh, I'd love to hear it, Curly, but fortunately, we haven't got time now. I guess you're right. Let's get back to what we were doing. Um, what were we doing? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, we were looking for a water turnoff. Why were we doing anything as dull as that? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, Alice has got her finger in that pot. <laughs> hey, we'd better go in the kitchen and tell her that we can't find that turnoff. Well, fellas, how'd you make out? Well, we... <laughs> oh, honey, you look silly sitting under the sink. Yeah. <laughs> All right, laughing boys. Can I take my finger out of this pipe now? No, no, honey. We didn't find the turnoff. But my finger's getting numb from this cold water. All right, all right. Take it out. I'll put my finger in for a while until we think of something. Take your finger out. Well, take your finger out. I'm trying. Oh, oh Phil, it's stuck. My finger must have swelled. I, I, I can't get it out. Oh, no, this is terrible. It certainly is. Alice, are you sure you're stuck? I'm positive. Curly, this seems like a splendid opportunity for you and me to go to Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can catch the two o'clock plane and be there in no time. Well, how about me? You don't like to gamble. <laughs> It's going to be too hot on the desert. You stay under your nice shady sink and I'll... Bill, Bill, you stop clowning. Oh, I was just doing that to keep your morale up, honey, until we can think of some way to get you out of there. Hey, Curly, I got it. All you got to do is put your hand down through the top of the sink and down the drain till you reach her finger and you can work it out. Yeah. Okay, I'll just reach down and wait. You put your hand down there. All right, I'll do it. I don't know what you're worried about. The worst that could happen is that when you get your hand down there, you could get caught. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> Besides, our hands are too big to put in that small opening. We need somebody with a small hand. Anybody home? It's me, Julia. 
Here comes the monkey's paw now. Hi, Mr. Harris, Mr. Lewis. Uh, Miss Faye, why are you sitting under the sink? Well, I'm sitting here because I have my finger in the water pipe. Oh. Now, should we try for the jackpot question, or you want to quit while you're ahead? <laughs> Julius, I'm a little ashamed of this, but you see... I put my finger in the pipe because You don't awful... have to answer me if it's too personal Now look, Julius, I... I... understand, you movie actresses have quakes Some wear slacks, others smoke cigars You like to sit around with your finger in a water pipe <laughs> Now look, Julius, this is not a quake. My finger is stuck in the water pipe Fellas, please, get it out Your finger's stuck? One of us will have to put our hand down the drain and reach her finger Yeah, one of us will have to put our hand down the drain And the one to do it is Julius Yeah, and the one to do it What are you, soft in the head or something? <laughs> I ain't putting me little mitt down No garbage disposal oh, Julius, please do it for my sake All right, Miss Faye, I'll do it for you and Hurry, please I can't stand this much longer Take heart, me lovely Beaver Scout Julius Abruzio is coming to the rescue the dangerous hazards of this mission shall not faze me. I shall unflinchingly go forward in the face of adversity. And neither wind nor snow nor rain shall stay this courier from the swift completion. Stop yapping and put your hands down. <laughs> Please, I ain't finished with me heroic speech. <laughs> and in the event that I don't come out of this garbage disposal alive, tell me, mother, that I died for the stupidest <laughs> Please try to help me All right, I'll put my arm down there Can't feel a finger Reach down further Okay No, I'm down as far as I can go And I still can't feel it I guess my arm ain't long enough Just our luck to have a short wing grocery boy <laughs> All right, Julius, okay, pull your arm out Gladly Oh, no When will I learn to stay away from this place? I might have known this would happen well, What's the matter, Julia? I can't get me arm out, it's stuck Be my guest, kid He's stuck, too? Curly, they're getting hokey yeah, very slapstick I don't go for this kind of comedy I'm stuck in a garbage disposal And they expect a yuck <laughs> Get my arm out of this drain pipe All right, a Drain pipe? <laughs> hey, Curly uh. No wonder he couldn't reach Alice's finger He's stuck in the drain pipe And she's stuck in the water pipe <laughs> You're right <laughs> <laughs> the joke's on us Alex, will you cut it out? What about my arm? Oh, we won't need it You're in the wrong pipe <laughs> Just forget about the whole thing Forget it? How can I forget it? I'm up to my armpit and sink Alex, <laughs> get my arm out I don't believe there's any way to get an arm out of a garbage disposal unit what do you think, Elliot? Well, we could take the sink off the wall, but I don't believe there's any way to get his arm out. Fellas, please. 
<laughs> you got to get it out. I can't go through life carrying a sink on me. <laughs> It'll kill me love life. <laughs> Elliot, the kid's right. We're gonna have to find him a girl with the same affliction. <laughs> Do you know uh, any names like that, Elliot? No, I don't believe I know any with their arm in the sink. But I do know one who got her elbow caught in a bar rail. <laughs> That's close enough. What'd she do, drop her olive? <laughs> we'll get the two of them together and then we'll get a plumber to marry. Yeah, that's it, call a plumber. Well, don't you think you ought to meet the girl first and romance her a little? I mean, marriage can come later. I don't want to get married. I want the plumber to get me out of here. Oh, it's about time somebody had an idea. Phil, go call the plumber. Okay, I'll call him and Curly, I'll be... are you crazy? This is Sunday and plumbers charge double time. Yeah. This would take about four hours. Easily. At $10 an hour, that's $40, plus material, portal-to-portal -portal charges, and he'll forget his tools two or three times. <coughs> this could cost $100, and I'm... I don't care! Call the plumber! Julius, $100 is a lot of money. I'll pay for it! It's my treat! <laughs> In that case, call the plumber. Wait a minute, why don't we wait till tomorrow? It's cheaper. Now, Elliot, we can't wait. We gotta get Alice's finger out of there. Why? I just realized it's her money counting finger. <laughs> I need that kid. Now look, come on, we'll call the plumber. All right. There goes a nice pair. They got all the charm of a fish cleaner's apron. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Faith, this is a terrible predicament. Do you think we'll ever get out of this? Oh, of course we will. Just don't get panicky. Tell you what, I'll sing to you, and you'll forget all your troubles. I don't feel like hearing anybody sing. Well, I'm going to sing anyway. Will you stay here and listen? What, me? I'm caught in a sink? Where can I go? <laughs> oh, little blower, clean little blower and glimmer. Now's the time to flash your news. Before you blow your little fuse Blow, little glowworm, fly a fire Glow like an incandescent wire Glow for the female of the species Turn on the AC and the DC This night could use a little brightening Light up, you little old bug of lightning When you gotta glow, you gotta glow Glow, little glowworm, glow Thou aeronautical bow weevil Illuminate yon woods primeval See how the shadows deep and darken You and your chick should get to sparkin' Oh, I got a guy that I love so 
Well, it's the sink, and I want Don't you to... Don't tell me my business. I'll look at it. All right, get out of the way, kid. But, but, but I can't... I said get out of my way. Well, let me see now. Hey, seems to be something stuck in a drain. That's my arm. Oh, is that what it is? I thought it was a chicken leg with a sleeve on it. <laughs> well, tell me something, kid. How long have you been a sink stopper up there? He was born that way. His mother was frightened by a plunger. <laughs> I don't think that's funny. Mister, can you get me out of this? I don't know. Well, if you can't help him, try to help me. Okay, I'll try. Hey, where'd that voice come from? I could have sworn I heard a dame. Oh, that's my wife. She's under the sink. <laughs> you see, she's got her finger in the water pipe. Your wife's got her finger in the water pipe And your boy's got his finger in the drain What are you raising here, a family of idiots? <laughs> Don't be a wise plumber Oh, please, mister Please, mister, just get my finger out Okay, lady, I'll... Hey, wait a minute You belong to a union? No You don't? You got a lot of nerves sticking your non-union finger into a union pipe <laughs> I won't touch this job. Well, can't something be done? Yeah, join a union and call me back. So long. Wait a minute, you can help me. I got a union arm. What union you belong to? The Delivery Boys Union. Oh, sorry. That's CIO and we're AFFL. <laughs> See you around, folks. He's a big help. If you don't do something fast, my finger will be stiff for the rest of my life. Never mind your finger. My arm will never be the same. And I was the favorite to win a Crisco can stacking contest this year. <laughs> Elliot, we got to do something in a hurry. We got to get them loose. I got it, Curly. Let's call the fire department. Yeah, yeah. They'll be over here just like that. Come on, I'll call. Them. All right. <laughs> Well, when is the fire department going to get Honey, here, Honey, be patient, please? be patient, be patient. <laughs> we only called them three hours ago. <laughs> they got to grease their pole and finish their pinochle game. Who just called, Smith and Dale? <laughs> please, 
please. We got a volunteer fire department out here, and we got to wait until they're in the mood. They'll be... Uh-oh. Here they come now. I'll open the door and let them in. All right, Joe, get that ladder up the window. You fellas bring the hoses down there. Mister, you don't need... Stand aside, bud, while I chop down the front door. <laughs> you don't have to chop it down. It's open. Then close it so I can chop it. <laughs> Why? That's the way we learned it. That's the way we do it. <laughs> Hurry up. My wife's in the kitchen and the boys... Oh, step aside. I'll bring them out. Oh, this is gonna be a wonderful room to chop up. <laughs> Look, you can do that later. First, help my wife. There they are, right okay. there. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where's the fire? There ain't no fire. My wife and this boy, they're stuck in the sink there, and I want you to cut them loose. Are you kidding? We're firemen. We can't touch nothing unless it's burning. Got be burning, huh? <laughs> Curly, give me a match. <laughs> what for? We'll start a brush fire with Julius. <laughs> yeah, he ought to make a good blaze. No, we'd better not. He's too close to Alice and she might go up with him. Now, look, Mr. Fireman, will you please get my finger out of here? It's freezing. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Lee. They can't do nothing about cold fingers. Anybody ever gives you a hot foot, Paul? <laughs> please, please. Do something about getting us loose, Okay, please. honey. I, hey, wait. Hey, why didn't I think of this before? Alice, you got nothing more to worry about. Elliot, hand me that hammer. Oh, I'm just going to tap that pipe, and maybe I can make that hole a little bigger. Oh. All right, all right, all right. But be careful. Don't hit my finger. Don't worry about nothing. Here we go. There it is. That pipe's starting to give a little. I'll just hit it a little harder, and then I'll get... Oh! Oh! My fingers out. But now you broke the pipe off completely. The kitchen's getting flooded. Hey, run for your lives, everybody. The dam's busted. Everybody out. What do you mean, everybody? I can't move. <laughs> no, but we can. Come on, let's get out that kitchen door, right? Oh. Oh, boy, was that a close one. I thought we'd never get out alive. Phil, Phil, we can't leave Julius in there. He'll drown. Yeah, won't he? <laughs> How high is it? It's up to me chest. Now it's up to me neck. Now it's up to me... <laughs> What'd he say? He sets up to his bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> well, open that door and let the water out. Okay. Look, Curly, the water pressure up the sinks in the wall. Hey, it's coming toward the door. Hey, and Julius is with it. How you... Hey, Julius, how you doing? How do you expect me to... <laughs> hey, look at him go. He's floating right down the street. Bon voyage, Julius. Don't forget the right. Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. But first, let's listen to a selection from RCA Victor's new Artie Shaw album. Velia is one of the great selections in RCA Victor's new album of immortal performances. This is Artie Shaw and his orchestra. 
In this album, you'll hear the clarinet mastery of Artie Shaw, the versatile style of his entire group on eight great tunes dating from 1938. If you prefer smaller ensembles, RCA Victor brings you another Shaw album, Artie Shaw and his Gramercy Five. Hear his band within a band, starring jazz masters such as Billy Butterfield and Nick Fatool, play Shaw classics like Dr. Livingston, I presume. Both albums feature the contagious melody and the swinging rhythm that was the Shaw trademark in the 1930s and early 40s. Listen to these albums of immortal performances at your record dealers tomorrow. On RCA Victor's new 45 extended play records, each album costs only $2.80. This is Phil again. The Big Brother movement is a service which brings a mature, intelligent, and well-rounded man into a personal, individual relationship with a growing boy who might otherwise lose his way in life. Its essential principle is one man and one boy. Would you like to be a big brother to a boy in trouble? In your own city or town, there's a boy who needs your sympathetic understanding and friendship. And you can help that boy find his way to a worthwhile future. For information, write Big Brothers of America, Philadelphia 3, Pennsylvania. Thanks and good night. Good night, everybody. Included in this program transcribed were Hans Conried and Paul Freed. The part of Julius was played by Walter Tetley. Some of the finest performances ever recorded by Heifetz, Chrysler, Casals, and Rachmaninoff have become almost unobtainable over the years. But now, so that everyone may enjoy these historic musical events, RCA Victor is reissuing them in a new edition of RCA Victor's famous collector's issue. Available for the first time on 45 and long play, these immortal performances are at your RCA Victor record dealers now. Listen to them soon. They're collector's masterpieces that belong in every library of great music. Next, hear Theater Guild on the air over NBC. The Grape Nuts Flakes program, coming to you from New York City, where we are playing to an audience of men on leave from the armed services and starring Jack Benny. With Mary Livingston, Dennis Day, Rochester, yours truly, Don Wilson, and our guest conductor, Benny Goodman. Say, friends, have you ever noticed how some folks just sleep through their breakfast? Well, they drift to the table, they nibble at nothing, then they float to the station. And then all of a sudden, about halfway to lunch, they're wide awake with that hungry all-gone sensation. Well, here's what to do about that situation. You just bring on a breakfast that stars malty, rich, toasty brown grape nuts flakes. A bowl full of crisp, tempting, sweet as a nut grape nuts flakes acts as a really grand breakfast time eye-opener. For grape nuts flakes bring you a wide awake goodness a flavor that teases your taste. That's because it's an outstanding, rich, two-grain blend of sun-ripened wheat and malted barley combined in a very special way. So don't rely on the alarm clock and don't resort to icy showers. Eat up and wake up with delicious, malty-rich grape nuts flakes. <laughs> 
hallelujah played by the orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure and honor to introduce the Bob Hope of the Grape Nuts Flakes program, Jack Benny. <laughs> Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. And Don, what do you mean the Bob Hope of the Grape Nuts Flakes program? I don't get it. Well, after all, Jack, there are a lot of similarities between you and Bob Hope, aren't there, Mary? Of course there are. Oh, yeah? Name one. Well, for one thing, he's on the radio and you're on the radio. True, true. And he's a comedian and you're a comedian. Yes. And yes. Hope started in vaudeville and you started in vaudeville. That's right. And Hope makes pictures at Paramount and Paramount kicked you out. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. I wasn't thrown out of Paramount. Then why did you leave? I asked them to put a shower in my dressing room. They punched holes in the roof. It didn't rain for 40 days, so I quit. <laughs> anyway, I made some swell pictures at Paramount, especially my last one, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Oh, now, hold on, Jack. Gary Cooper plays the lead in For Whom the Bell Tolls. Well, he might play the lead, but that bell doesn't ring by itself, brother. <laughs> I'm the guy, listen, Don, I'm, I'm the guy that pulls that rope. If they had a rope at Paramount, they'd have hung you a long time ago. Oh, what are you talking about? Hey, Mr. Benny, I took your violin over to get oh, a new... Oh, hello. Hello, Dennis. Hello. Hey, Mr. Benny, I took your violin over to get a new bridge put on it like you told me to. What did, what did you say, Dennis? I said I took your violin over to get a new bridge put on it like you told me to. Oh, a new bridge on my violin, eh? How does it look? Well, I think the man overdid it a little. There's water running under it. <laughs> Water under the bridge? Let's see that violin. Well, I'll be darned. There is at that. Putting in the goldfish was my idea. <laughs> well, that's a fine fix you put me in. Now I'll have to use another fiddle for my performance tonight. You see, fellas, my agent booked me as the uh, guest violinist on a program later this evening. Well, that's very interesting. Uh, what program is it? If they want Jack to play the fiddle, it must be a shortwave broadcast to Tokyo. <laughs> it is not. It's a coast-to-coast -coast hookup. And as long as I've got that water under the bridge, I'm going to play the Blue Danube. And for a finish, you can eat the goldfish. <laughs> Just tune in to Fred Allen, sister. I'll do all right. I think Mr. Benny is one of the finest violinists I ever heard. Thanks, Dennis. I've got a job, and I'm going to keep it, by golly. <laughs> All right, kid, you gave me a beautiful compliment. Don't spoil it. Now, it's about time for your song, so let's have it. Okay. Say, Mr. Benny, I'll probably get plugged for this. Hmm. But when I got my check this week, there was something wrong with it. What do you mean, there was something wrong with it? Well... I'll probably get slugged for this. Stop saying that. <laughs> what was wrong with your check? Well, you took 5% off. What was that for? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked me that, kid. I've been meaning to explain it to you. Uh, Mary and Don, you might as well listen to this, too. Uh, since January 1st, 5% of all salaries and wages have been uh, withheld at the source. This has been officially designated as the victory tax. Oh, I get it. You deduct the money from our salaries and send it to Washington. Exactly. Is that clear to you, Dennis? Well, I'll probably get slugged for this. Will you stop saying that? <laughs> well, how do I know you turn this money into the government? I have to turn it in. That's the idea of it. And here's another important point for everybody. Patriotic Americans will not let this new and necessary tax 
interfere in any way with the commitments they have made for the regular purchase of war bonds. In Canada, folks should buy victory bonds and war-saving stamps. And now, Dennis, let's have your song. Comes you sung by Dennis Day, our own Irish bluebird. And very good, Dennis. Irish bluebird? Green is the color for the Irish, Mr. Benny. I know, I know. You know now. <laughs> I always did know. But if you want to be so technical, kid, you're an Irishman that's been out in the cold. You're a little blue. That makes you a bluebird. Well, speaking of birds, Jack, I have a very clever message which involves our feathered friends. <laughs> Would you like to hear it? Why? I mean, why, surely, Don. Surely. <laughs> Go ahead. Now, see how many different birds you can pick out. Different birds? Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you can always sparrow enough money for grape nuts flakes, as they are very pheasant and easy to swallow. Well, there's sparrow, pheasant, and swallow. Go ahead. 
Whether you're a boy or a gull, you will eagerly await grape nuts flakes each morning. Well, there's gull and eagle. Peacock they contain. Peacock! <laughs> Peacock they contain iron, niacin, and vitamin B1. Well, that's very good, Don. Yes, considering I have a cold. Cockatoo! <laughs> Uh, bless you. And, Don, that was swell. I thrush. Everybody enjoyed it. <laughs> hey, I, uh, I got a bird in there, too. Here comes another one right from the Bronx. <laughs> Mary. And now, fellas, if you'll excuse me, I think I'll let you handle the rest of the program. I want to drop over and see Phil Baker at the hospital. Phil Baker? Oh, yes, I've missed him on his program. What's he in the hospital for? Well, Phil went to the doctor to have his appendix examined. That's right. So he asked the doctor to take it or leave it, and he took it. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's exactly the way it happened, but he had his appendix out, and he's a pretty sick guy. Well, if he's so sick, this is no time to try and collect that $64 you didn't win when you were on his program. Listen, Mary, technically, I did win. He didn't pay me, that's all. Well, I'll probably get slugged for this. There he goes again. <laughs> well, I'll probably get slugged for this, but I don't understand what you're talking about. Uh, look, kid, a few weeks ago, Phil Baker beat me out of $64. That I have to see. <laughs> well, he did. Now, wait a minute, Jack. I heard the program you were on, and when Phil asked you the $64 question, you gave the wrong answer. I gave the right answer. Phil asked me if I could name 37 composers who try to finish Schubert's Unfinished Symphony. And I said, no, I couldn't. That's the right answer. <laughs> I'm going to the hospital now and straighten this thing out with Baker. Well, you'll never catch him when he's weaker. That's a point in my favor. Can I come along with you, Mr. Benny? What do you want to go to the hospital for? Well, maybe Mr. Baker has a beautiful nurse and I'll fall madly in love with her and ask her to marry me and she'll turn me down and I'll commit suicide. <laughs> what an imagination. Well, all right, you can come with me, kid. Now, where's, uh, where's Benny Goodman? Right here, Jack. Say, Jack, have you seen my clarinet? It's right there behind your ear. He wears it like a pencil, folks. Huh? Uh, Benny, have you got a nice hot tune prepared for us? Yeah, I'm going to play one of the numbers I'm doing at the Paramount Theater this week. Oh, you had to give yourself a little plug, huh? <laughs> a little advertising, huh? Well, at least my hat band doesn't say movie star on it like yours does. <laughs> All right. The name is Brown. Uh, very nice of you to call because I haven't seen Rochester in nearly a week. Do you happen to know where he is? Who? Rochester. Oh, that friend of mine. Yes. Where's he been? That boy loves you, Mr. Benny. He really does. Uh-huh. Well, he went down to your hotel yesterday morning ready to work. That boy loves you. I know, I know. You said that random. Well, he got right in front of your hotel ready to work when he suddenly realized he'd forgotten his typewriter. His typewriter? What does he need a typewriter for? Doesn't he write your programs? <laughs> no. Now, 
Now listen, Mr. Brown or Random or Harvest or whatever your name is. Tell that boy that loves me to be at my hotel tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Okay. Goodbye, Mr. Bennett. Goodbye. Imagine making up such a ridiculous name as Random Harvest Brown. Fine chance he had to fool me. Come on, Dennis, let's go. Wait a minute, I'm going with you. All right, come on. Play, Benny. pretty soon now. What hospital is Mr. Benny in, Mr. Baker? I'm Mr. Benny. Bill Baker's in the Northwest Side Hospital on 83rd Street. Oh. You know, Mary, if I collect that 64 bucks, you and I'll go out stepping. I love those nightclubs. You haven't been to a nightclub since the time you drank champagne out of Lillian Russell's slipper. <laughs> she had a small shoe, but I got loaded. <laughs> hey, hey, driver, step on it, will you? Your wish is my command. Well, well, polite fellow, isn't he? Can't understand why Baker's still in bed. Well, the operation was only two weeks ago. Look, when I had my tonsils taken out, I went home the next day. You never left the house. Rochester took him out with a can opener. <laughs> he used regular instruments. Gee whiz, Mr. Benny, did Rochester really take your tonsils out? There was nothing to it. Snip, snip. 
Driver, a little faster, please. We want to get there. It is yours to request, mine to obey. <laughs> well, thanks. My, isn't he formal? Say, Jack, can't we stop at this little restaurant up here and get something to eat? I'm starving. Me too. We can eat at the hospital. Baker's room will be full of fruit and candy and nuts and everything. <laughs> Hey, driver, that's the hospital right ahead, isn't it? It is mine to drive, yours to point out. Oh, stop. <laughs> this is it, all right. Well, here we are. How much do I owe you, driver? That'll be 65 cents, or one dollar, including tip. <laughs> Wait a minute, what makes you think I'm going to give you a 35-cent tip? It is mine to dream, yours to disillusion. <laughs> Just for that, here's a dollar. Goodbye, driver. Goodbye. If you like me, tell your friend. If not, not. <laughs> here's the main entrance. Let's go in. Here's a beautiful hospital. Wow, what a big lobby. Wow, what a big lobby. That echo again. He's got a cold tonight. <laughs> I'm Jack Benny. I'm Jack Benny. You try it, Dennis. I'm Dennis Day. I'm Dennis Day. Now you, Mary. I'm Mary Livingston. With a cold like this, I got to do a dame. <laughs> Fine echo. <laughs> here's the uh, here's the information desk. I'll find out where to go. Say, Miss. Yes, sir. Uh, can you tell me what room Mr. Phil Baker's in? I'm Jack Benny. So I see by your hat bands. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, now, what, uh, what's Phil Baker's room number? He's on the fourth floor, blue eyes. Thank you. <laughs> Come on, kids. Here's the elevator. Go on up. Step right in, please. Go on up. Say, Jack, that guy sounds just like Rochester. Yeah, he does at that. What's your name, buddy? Brown. Random Harvest Brown. <laughs> well, I'll be darned. Second floor, sprained ankles, fallen arches, water on the knees, close kidneys, and that noise. That's not us. Going up. I can't get over that boy. Say, Random, do you know a fellow named Rochester? That boy really loves you, Mr. Bennett. <laughs> He knows me. Third floor, dog bites, frost bites, snake bites, mosquito bites, and bite me daddy ate to the bar. I can't get over that voice. Hold up. Positively amazing. I swear it was Rochester. Fourth floor, scratches from cats, scratches from berry bushes, scratches from matches to mobile. <laughs> That's us. Thanks, operator. Oh, I don't operate. I just run the elevator. <laughs> mm, I can't... I can't get over. Now, let's see. Where's, uh... Where's Phil's room? Uh, it must be down this corridor. Oh, yes. Hmm? Dr. Jones reports to surgery. Dr. Jones reports to surgery. We finally located your glasses. Yep, that's where they were. <laughs> 
be very careless, huh? Hey, Mr. Benny, look at that guy running down the hall. Yeah, gee, he looks happy. You mean, hooray! Hello, mister, have a cigar. A cigar? Oh, does your wife have a baby? No, I'm Dr. Jones. They just found my glasses. Oh. <laughs> I know, I heard about it. I guess this is uh, Phil Baker's room here with the star on the door. Boy, is he hammy. Now, Jack. For heaven's sake, don't mention the $64 right away. Don't worry. I know how to handle it. Well, hello, Phil. How are you? Hello, Phil. Hi, Mr. Baker. Hello, kids. Glad you dropped in. <laughs> Dennis, stop applauding. Well, Phil, uh... Phil, oh boy. <laughs> Well, Phil, uh, Phil, old boy, you're, you're looking great. How do you feel? Well, I'll probably get slugged for this, but I feel fine. <laughs> Why should I slug you? I just came up to see how you were getting along, wish you luck, and, uh, talk over a little matter of, uh, $64. Well, that's sweet of you, Jack, but I don't need any money. <laughs> Well, you see, Phil, I was talking to my lawyer last week, and he thinks I have a... He thinks I have a pretty good case. Did you make off like you fell in the subway again? I thought you gave up that racket. <laughs> I'm not suing the subway. Now, look, Phil, you owe me $64, and I want it right now. Now, come on, hand it over. Jack, will you please take your knee out of my incision? <laughs> oh, pardon me. Now, Phil, you give me that $64 or you'll be sorry. Get it? On your program, you'll be sorry. Oh, Jack, be more subtle. Subtle schmuttle. I want my money. <laughs> now, Phil. Pardon me, Mr. Baker. Did I give you three little white pills about an hour ago? Yes, you did. <laughs> Who's that? That's Miss Stewart, my nurse. She's awfully absent-minded. Yeah, she seems to be, huh? Yesterday, she poured alcohol on my pancakes and rubbed my back with maple syrup. <laughs> alcohol on pancakes? I was so cockeyed, I fell out of bed four times. <laughs> well, that's awful. She really is absent-minded. This morning, she gave me a shot in the arm with a fountain pen. <laughs> a fountain pen? Ever shot. That he remembered. <laughs> now, listen, Phil, speaking of $64... Who's speaking of $64? Look, Phil, I know you're a sick man and all that, but technically, I won $64 when I was on your program. Now, the least you can do is give me another chance and another question. Okay, answer this one for $64. Shoot. Who's the cheapest guy in the world? I am. Now, give me that $64. <laughs> Well, you're wrong, because I am, I'm not going to pay you. <laughs> now, listen here, Phil Baker. Talk me by doctor. Come in. Well, well, how's my patient today? What are you doing out of bed, you bad boy? <laughs> I'm not the patient, that's Baker lying right there. Oh, well, you look sicker than he does, you've got to admit that. <laughs> I admit nothing. Say, Doc, can I get up today? I've got my own program to do. Well, I'll have to check on that. Open your mouth and say, ah. Ah. My, my, they're healing up fine. Wait a minute, Doc. You took out my appendix, not my tonsils. Who was under that ether, you or me? 
Wait a minute, you mean to say you took out his tonsils and his appendix? That's a special I was running last week. <laughs> oh, tonsils, appendix, and a tour through Radio City, 1250. Oh, that's good value. Now, uh... <laughs> uh... Mr. Baker, what you need is a little medicine. Take this pill and you'll feel fine. Okay. Well, where's the pill? It's right here, but I can't seem to get it off my finger. That's a wart. The pill's in the other hand. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, here you are. There. Thanks. Now, good night, Mr. Baker. Sleep tight. <laughs> Sleep tight? Wait a minute, Doc. What kind of a pill was that you gave him? A strong sedative. He'll be in dreamland inside of a minute. <laughs> dreamland? I gotta work fast. Now, Phil, concentrate. Oh, Jack, let him alone. Phil needs rest. Well, he's going to sleep. Well, I, I need that $64. Now, Phil, Phil, open your eyes. Phil, listen to me. What do you want, nurse? I'm not your nurse. I'm Betty. Now, listen, Baker. My lawyer said that when I was on your program, I want $64. Now, I want that money right now. Kiss me goodnight, Miss Stewart. I'm not Miss Stewart, and I won't kiss you goodnight till I get that money. Now, give me, give me that check I filled out, Dennis. Here you are. You didn't take a pill. Wake up. Now, Phil, Phil, wake up. Baker, listen to me. Wake up. Now, Phil, listen, Phil. Will you ask me if I could... And according to my lawyer, that was the right answer. Everybody knows how great oaks and little acorns grow, and it's quite an amazing achievement. But I know of a record of growth that's every bit as amazing. It's the record of delicious grape nuts flakes. During the past three years, the increase in your purchases of Grape Nuts Flakes, and there's a reason. In fact, two big reasons. First, it's that malty-rich flavor, the popular flavor of Grape Nuts in delicious, toasty flake form. Second, it's that grand nourishment, for Grape Nuts Flakes are a whole grain cereal bringing you important food factors found in the natural whole wheat plus extra vitamin B1. Food values recommended as a part of your daily diet by our National Nutrition Program. So join the swing to better breakfast. Serve delicious, nutritious Grape Nuts Flakes, America's fastest-growing breakfast cereal. That was the last number of the 15th program of the new Grape Nuts Flakes series. And we'll be with you again next Sunday night at the same time. And I'm very happy to announce that Phil Baker is feeling much better and will return to his own program this evening. Here's one for your memory books, friends. Note this name, Hot Grape Nuts Wheat Meal. Hot cereal member of the popular Grape Nuts family. Extra delicious, extra nutritious. It cooks extra fast. You'll smack your lips over its roasted wheat goodness. You'll relish that glorious full-bodied texture. Chock full of important whole grain food values, stepped up with added vitamin B. You got that name? Hot Grape Nuts Wheat Meal. This program came to you from New York. This is the National Broadcasting Company.